Grace, mercy, and peace to you from our coming Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Our sermon text is Luke 19, just read, thought, with the thought of the throne of a humble king. Kings are a troublesome lot. We did not know much of them in this country, what with our ability to vote and elect our leaders. As much as some might want to claim that some of our leaders would like to view themselves as kings, kings historically came to power through conquest and in battle. A king's kingship is manifest or becomes known through triumph. Defeat does not make a king. Likewise, a king without a following is no king at all. A king also implies a kingdom. People who acknowledge him as king and live under his rule, those that refuse will come to judgment under the rule of the king. This power and authority makes kings troublesome. Their power and authority demand obedience and they reward their friends and punish their enemies. They can be either a blessing or a curse to a people because their rule molds and shapes those that they rule over. It shapes the lives of their people. We do not see that to an extent, I mean, we do see that to an extent in our own system of government through laws. Some are good, restraining society where it is needed. Other laws, not so much, due to their possibly giving legal license to socially destructive acts, acts such as on-demand abortion and assisted suicide. The issue of kings goes back to biblical times when the people of Israel desired a king of their own. The nations around them had kings and Israel wanted a king also. They wanted to unite around one that would fight their battles for them and judge them. But God had given Israel judges, not kings. The judges ruled the people based on the word and command of God, their heavenly king. The people were insistent, however, on having an earthly king. So God had Samuel, the prophet, warn them and show them the ways of the king who would reign over them. They were told he will use their sons to protect himself in battle. He will take your daughters to be bakers and cooks. He will take your property to enrich his friends. He will tax you to advance the wealth of his servants. In short, you'll be slaves to the king you desire to stand before the throne of. Fact was, Israel's desire for an earthly king was simply their rejection of God as their king. Standing in worship before the throne of God, the God that rescued them from Egypt and brought them out of slavery, he was rejected in favor of being able to be at the throne of an earthly king. They rejected God only to be ruled by other small g gods. Still, God promised to give his people a different kind of king, one that would rule from an earthly throne with the mercy and grace of God. He raised up David, the shepherd boy, and said to him, you shall be a shepherd of my people Israel, and you shall be prince over Israel. God took what was lowly and raised him up to be king. The kingdom of David would enjoy the steadfast love of God that would never depart from it. 
The sign of this kingdom was the temple built by Solomon in Jerusalem. It was the sign of the Davidic kingdom and the place of God's everlasting blessing. It was a house for God's name. God himself would be king over Israel and would dwell with them through the earthly Davidic king in the temple. Even so, just as in the days of Samuel, Israel repeatedly defiled the house of the Lord and God's holy name with idolatry and wickedness. For this reason, God gave them wicked and idolatrous earthly kings like those he warned them about through Samuel. Kings that would abuse them and make them slaves. He gave them over to be conquered, taken into captivity and exiled. He allowed them to be spread throughout the land with no place to worship and call on his name. The house of God would be a cause for mockery and the enslaved people of Israel would, would seem to prove God's powerlessness and humility in the face of earthly gods. Still, God promised to give them a king that would save them from slavery to earthly kings, a king of the second type that ruled with his mercy and grace. Out of his own divide, divine humble mercy, God would raise up a king. But you, O Bethlehem, Ephrathah, who are too little to be among the clans of Judah, from you shall come forth for me one who is to be ruler in Israel. From Micah 5.2. This would be the true humble Davidic king that would shepherd God's people with the strength and truth of God. Micah 5 goes on to read, And Israel shall dwell secure, for now he shall be great to the ends of the earth, and he shall be their peace. This king would come into his temple to purify his priest and his people. Through this humble king, God would once more be the king of a humble people. It is this king we prepare to meet in Advent. It is the king that comes lowly in his birth, his throne in a stable, and surrounded by animals as his attendants, as angels look on and sing to shepherds of the peace he brings. This child is the reality of heavenly peace come to earth. It is, of, it is of he the angels sang glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. The peace he brings to his people is the peace of their conscience to be in the presence of a loving and forgiving God, a heavenly father that forgives when they return to him seeking forgiveness. Today in our gospel, we read of how this Davidic king came to his royal city and to his house as a humble king, riding on the foal of a donkey. As he rode up and saw the glory of Jerusalem, he wept over the rejection that would greet him after the throng of hosannas went silent and the judgment that would come because of their unbelief. Judgment upon himself, but more distressing was the judgment that would fall on them for their unbelief. Our unbelief comes when we bow down to the earthly kings of this world. At this time of preparation for Christmas, the old saying, cash is king, rings as true as ever. Or possibly credit is king. Possibly the king whose throne you or I sit at is something different. We are all tempted by the kings of this world that would draw our hearts and minds 
away from Christ and to his adversary, the devil. If the throne you sit at the foot of is not the throne of the true king, that is Jesus, you sit at the throne of your king as a slave to sin and death. The king that brings peace and freedom from death came humbly so that we could learn from him how to be humble and receive his kingdom. He humbly followed the will of his Father in heaven and went up to Jerusalem to be lifted up as the king of the Jews. His throne was at the foot of the cross where he humbled himself to give his own life for the people of his kingdom versus having their sons die in battle and their daughters serve him. Jesus gave fully of himself unlike any earthly king because he had no sin in him. He was a servant to his people to bring them freedom through his innocent suffering and death. And it was proven by his resurrection that he is the innocent lamb, the son of God. Whatever other thrones our hearts are before today, let us turn our hearts and minds towards Jesus to be set free from the slavery of kings of this world. Jealousy, lust, the weight of addiction, fear of condemnation. Turn from all of these to a loving king of peace that has shed his own blood and given his body as a sacrifice for our sins. In humbleness, cry out, Lord, have mercy on me, a poor sinner. In humbleness, put our trust in Jesus and his promise of eternal life. In humbleness, let this heavenly king come as he has promised, not how you or I might imagine he should come. He brings his kingdom to conquer sin and death, but he comes lowly and humbly in things that are scorned and despised for their very plainness, water, wine, and bread. But it is the word of Jesus, the king, that gives power to these simple things to bless those that sit at the foot of his throne. His word has authority to give his spirit, create faith, make believers, and give eternal life. Just as was breathed into lifeless dust to give man life in the Garden of Eden, and just as water with the power of the word has given eternal life to Celia Ruth. We are now at the throne of our king to hear his life-giving word and receive his gifts of forgiveness. We see, feel, and taste it through the means he has given with his word and promise to be with us and to strengthen us. In these, he places his throne in our hearts so that we may humbly serve our king. We await the celebration of his arrival as an infant king with the sure hope that he will return soon and place us eternally before him, where we will sit at his feet as his throne. For now he desires to be enthroned in our hearts and minds through his word and sacrament, and to bring us peace and forgiveness. What a blessed gift from our heavenly King. Amen. <laughs>